Well, here we are in Matthew's gospel, the Jewish gospel, right at the beginning, seeing Jesus tempted as he comes out, as he recognizes his own personal call by God. But there are a series of questions you need to ask yourself about this passage. It's very uncharacteristic of Jesus Christ to talk about himself. Normally, people talk about him, the impact he makes on them. And here we have a powerful story at the beginning of Jesus' ministry that only he could know about. There was nobody else present. There were angels and devils in the story, but Christ himself was isolated. So how did this story come to be included in the Gospels? That you might ask yourselves, or each other, how did it come to be included? There is a strong possibility that Jesus at some point, when it was getting near to the crunch point, and he felt isolated, could have shared this story of his early beginnings with the disciples. He may have shared this with the disciples as he called them by the Sea of Galilee and saying, now look, if you think you've got problems, look at the problems I've had. There's no one but Jesus present in this story. So we have to think about how it came to be and why is it there? Is it there for Jesus Christ who knows about it or is it there for us? Or is it there for all the disciples of Jesus Christ to draw upon for their inspiration and strength? Let's look at the imagery that Jesus is said to be using in this story. First of all, note that Jesus didn't decide to go into the wilderness of his own accord. He was led by the Spirit. The power and energy of God led him into the wilderness. Now you also need to remember that a Jewish rabbi or a young Jew interested in God would be familiar with the desert area because the hermits and those who lived in caves would frequently go down. And this is of course the area too for Qumran, just across from Jericho where those early Essenes settled, who as you probably know till you're fed up in the teeth with it, I believe John the Baptist came from. So here we are in a desert area that Jesus would be familiar with and he's called to go to this isolated spot. Some people go to isolated spots to sort out their own problems. Some go into retreat. Some go for a walk in the country. Some just disappear and then come back. What do you do when you have to work out some of the big problems and questions in your own life? Where do you go? Well, in this account, all of the answers that Jesus gives to the power and energy of evil that comes to him most significantly in the inner man, because that's where the biggest problems arise, don't they? It's not some fairy kind of devil with a tail and a pitchfork that we're really afraid of. In the middle of the night, when you get to my age and you wake up and you think, who did I offend yesterday and what am I going to do tomorrow? That's where the small voice gets you. 
right in the gullet in the middle of the night. That's where you have no idea whether it's night or day, whether things begin or end. This is the kind of experience that Jesus is going through here. He's tempted to go into the desert by the Spirit because it was to his benefit that he went into the desert. So off he goes, the isolated man on his own. And he fasts for 40 days. He doesn't eat the normal food that we would eat, though he obviously had water and other parts of a kind of diet that would keep him alive. But he doesn't undergo the usual social habits of a human being. And so towards the end of it, of course, we're told he's hungry. So he has a real human need. And that's the point in the desert where the still small voice nags him from within. If you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Show your power and supernatural ability. What a temptation for Jesus Christ. Could he do it? Couldn't he do it? And what does he do? He's so steeped in scripture, he knows his equivalent of the gospels, do you? He knows his gospels well enough to know where this happened before. And he replies in the words of Deuteronomy, which every good Jew rabbi would know. It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God as a Jew is what nurtures him internally. Okay, one down, two to go. What's happened? Then the devil in his imagination takes him to the pinnacle of the temple in Jerusalem. Right out, you can still see it when you go to Jerusalem, the highest point of the temple over the valley of Gehenna. And he puts him on the top of it and he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. You'll be safe. Do something dynamic to prove that you love God. Jesus remains silent. This time he quotes Psalm 91 because he knew his Psalms as he did on the cross. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus is convinced through scripture that he can answer this evil force within him. Two down, one to go. It's written, do not put your Lord God to the test. Deuteronomy 6. Finally, the devil has his final attempt to crack this man. To a very high mountain, he shows him the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, a false claim, because they don't belong to the devil, but he could be convincing if you will bow down and worship me. I will save you. I will get you out of this mess you're in. You should have eaten. You should have demonstrated your power. But finally, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. You'll rule everything. You isolated man. You putting yourself through this. Deuteronomy 6. He saves the best to the last typical of Jesus. Away from me, Satan, 
for it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil in his mind and heart disappears and angels come and minister to him. So material hunger, spiritual power and political power are held before the Son of God at the beginning of his ministry and Jesus does not give in. He's strong enough to say to himself, the best is yet to come. Get away from me, you nagging evil little twerp. Disappear from me. I'm destined for bigger things. And the strength that Jesus gets in the wilderness sends him back to confront, choosing his disciples and facing the reality of his own life. And what a fantastic gospel for the first Sunday in Lent with all us mealy-mouthed Christians. We've come in, we came on Ash Wednesday, some of us, we had marks put on our top of our head, da-da-da-da, yes, beat me, beat me, let me miserable for Lent, let's do all the wrong, you know, I'm not gonna do this and I'm not gonna do that. And right at the beginning, there's this fantastic story of positives, not negatives. Jesus is saying, get away. I've got more important things to do. And that's what God is saying to us. Live your lives, claim your lives, deny the negatives, take your isolation at times, which you need, enter the realm of the word of God, and from that, take your strength. And that's a kind of mini retreat for each one of us. So could I suggest to you that you take your gospels tonight when you go home, whatever the time is, and you take Matthew 4, 1 to 11, and read it to yourselves, and then say to yourself, today, today, was I tempted to change stones to bread? Was I tempted to think that I had supernatural powers? Was I tempted to think that I'm more powerful than I really am? For the Son of God, it was no, no, no. But the word, of course, that you need to take away is the most powerful word of negative that exists. Will you climb Mount Everest? Yes, if you're in the right mood. Will you do, if, if, that's the key word. The devil tempts Jesus with if. And so I'm going to leave you with this fantastic verse that you will all know from Rudyard Kipling, which handles if very carefully. It's the final verse of his great poem. He's a much maligned poet, and he's paralleled with Jesus in the desert in this. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son, if. Amen.